0: Amen. Okay, good evening, everyone. I trust everybody had a great week so far. Your Sunday was awesome. And um, you guys had a great Valentine's. Pastor asked it, did, did you celebrate? Um, I went to work. <laughs> I went to work, but it's okay. Okay because I always say Valentine should be every day, right? At least that's what I say. Okay, so this evening um, we're going to be, I don't know if you saw the title of uh, tonight's uh, teaching, but it is Searching for Love in All the Wrong Places. It's called Searching for Love in All the Wrong Places. So I know a Pastor already um, prayed, but I feel like this topic needs another prayer. So uh, let's just pray before we begin. Lord, I just thank you and I give you praise, Lord God, for everything that you're doing in our midst. I thank you even for this evening as well, Lord God, for being able to be together like this and being able to share um, and to teach and to discuss this topic. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we all leave with something that causes us to be refreshed, renewed, transformed, I pray for shackles to be broken, for strongholds to be broken uh, through your word in the name of Jesus. Lord, glorify yourself through this teaching. Use me, Lord God, as your messenger in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, as I said, this uh, message is called Searching for Love in All the Wrong Places. And last week, I thought it was very apt that uh, Pastor Robert shared about how God's love fulfills the law right? And basically how God's love uh, was God's own plan of salvation. And so today, uh, we're going to go more involved into what love uh, and us searching for love in all the wrong places, what that all about. So tonight's discussion, I'm actually going to have to divide it into two. This topic is uh, quite uh, deep, and um, has a lot of richness to it. And so I'm going to do my best this evening. I hope you guys just try to follow me best as uh, you guys can um, with this. And I'm dividing it into two, like I said. In the first half, we're going to look at why there is an actual wrong way and a right way to searching for love. And then the second half, we're going to look at what leads us into wrong paths of love. Okay, so 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, if we go over, I'm praying you guys are able to, but I'm hoping that I could stay within the time limit. Amen. So let's just start off. I want to preface this by saying that every single person needs love. It's a human necessity. Um, we're born with that need. We're born with the need for, for love. Um, and God's, God's word speaks a lot about love. It speaks a lot about lust, passion, desires. You can find this throughout scripture, old and new Testament. So we can see how this topic of love is very, very um, profound and very deep. Um, so first thing that we have to actually three things that we have to consider when we're touching a topic of searching for love is that First, there are different types of love. And we'll go into them a little bit later. But first, there's different types of love. Second, there's different personalities receive love differently. And third, God's love is first. Amen? So with that said, the argument can be made. So obviously, first of all, we're going to touch on um, what's the wrong way and what's the right way, right, of looking for love, right, wrong and right. And so the argument can be made that since love is a need, then I have the right to fulfill it how, however I want to, so long as that need is met. Are we following? So I think that we have to really Address that issue first um, and i'm not I'm not gonna say that um, what's wrong and what's right for you but what I am going to say is we have to really realize that the question isn't necessarily do I have a right to fulfill my need for love I think the question more is how is How fulfilling and successful do I want my life to be? And I'm going to show us how that those two questions are actually the same thing. Okay. And you're you're probably saying to yourself, how fulfilling and successful do I want my life to be? Is love that profound? And I'm going to tell you Yes. Yes, it is. Falling in love or being in love with the right people and the right person can determine our life's success. So I'm not going to be here this evening telling us what's right or what's wrong for us. But rather, I think the question we need to ask ourselves, like I said earlier, was how successful do we want our lives to be? How fulfilling and satisfying do we want our lives to be? So with that said, I want us to establish two foundational biblical truths. Okay, two foundational truths. Um, The first one that I want us to grab a hold of is that God always has our best at heart. God always has our best at heart, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. We sometimes can breeze through this verse because we've heard it so much um, and, and as Christians and as believers, we hear it so often, but we don't personalize it as often as we hear it. And this evening, I want each and every single one of us to truly personalize that message to ourselves. Because if if I told, if I told you personally, each of you that God has given me a prophetic word for you, that God has been thinking about you and he has a perfect plan for you, what would be your first thought for yourself? So I want you to think about it in those terms you know, truly think, you know, if God said to me, I have what, what do you, what thoughts would you be having in that moment? And the thing that I realized as I thought about that is that what that does to people, and I'm sure it brings a lot of thoughts to each and every single one of you, but the biggest thing is we are now faced with two choices. Right, We can either choose what God has for us because he says it's perfect or we can choose what we think we want and what we think we need. So now we're faced with a choice and I believe this is a very powerful statement. Jeremiah 29, 11 is very powerful because now we're faced with two different paths that we can actually take. We no longer just have to choose one, we now have two. And God is in advance telling us, advising us even, that his plan is perfect. His plan doesn't have evil in it. His plan is actually filled with a lot of hope. Amen? But here's the, the, the wrench, right? The wrench in that is that we have to pick it. We have to choose it. When we don't choose it, we choose us. We choose what we think we want. We choose our own understanding. Uh, We choose what our flesh wants. um, And we're not choosing God in that moment. Now, is God going to hate you because you don't choose his plan or you don't choose his path? absolutely not. He's not going to hate us. He actually loves us no matter what. And that's the thing with God's unconditional love is that God's love will always remain. God's love waits for us. Why does he wait for us like that? God waits for us like that because his whole aim is to have us for himself. He's that loving. He's his, you know, when we say jealous love, that's the kind of jealous love God has. God has that kind of crazy love that says, I'm just going to wait for you till you pick me. And when you pick me, I'm ready. But you have a choice and I'm not going to make you choose me. And I'm not going to make you choose what I have for you. So that's why I, I preface this with, you know, there's a right way and then there's a wrong way when it comes to searching for love. Because we do we want to do it God's way, or do we want to do it our way? And the beautiful thing about choosing God's plan is that you will definitely be satisfied, you will definitely be fulfilled, and you will definitely be successful. Amen. It's a, it's a hundred percent guarantee. Um, sometimes I do see people. That's why I'm. I'm. I, I want this to be a very strong foundational uh, truth when we start this. Is that sometimes what we do as even Christians is that we want to to be in a, a love relationship. When I say love relationship, maybe a spouse. You know, we're talking about a spouse um, or uh, a friendship or of, of some sorts, and. We cannot go against who God is because we want our need met the way that we want it to be met. Does that make sense? We can't expect God to meet us in our rebellion. We have to be aware of that. Uh, a good example of this is, um, and I've, I've heard this so many times, where a single woman, once uh, she sees a man that she, she really likes or cares about, but that man is married, and her prayer is that that would be, end up being her husband, that she prays that they will get divorced and that he would pick her. This is an ungodly prayer this prayer will never be answered. And God will never partner with that prayer. Does this make sense? So this is what I'm saying, that there's a, a a way that God has deemed that would be the best for each of his children. And he knows why he has said what he has said for each and every single one of us. And i I think there's a point of us that we need to be able to embrace that. When we fully can embrace that, some powerful things begin to happen. And I know that that's true because I've seen it in my personal life. I could share a testimony. I don't think I have time for that, but I could share testimonies. Okay. So any questions on that? Because that's a lot already. I want to pause for a little bit here. Um, If you guys or have anything that you're thinking right now that you want to throw out, you can. If you want to throw it in the chat box, you can. I'm, I'm watching it as we go along. Okay, so point number two, our foundational point number two is that there are different kinds of love. But God's love is always first, okay? This is extremely crucial when we're searching for any type of love. We have to make sure that our relationship with God is ongoing and solid. We have to know that God loves us. and you know, or at least on that journey, we have to be on that journey because I think that uh, fully comprehending that God loves us is not something that happens overnight. I think this is something that happens on a regular basis. I, I know, I've had moments where, you know, God does things and I'm like, "Wow, God loves me and it, and it hits me. You know, and, and I, that's how come I say that because I think it's, it's a continuous process of uh, knowing that God loves you, but it's something that we have to have in our heart and in our mind. Um, so, like I said, there's different kinds of love, right? There's agape love, which, like I said, is God's love. That's unconditional love. That's the 1 Corinthians 13 love. When we read first Corinthians 13, that's God's love. And like I said, I don't want to repeat that again because I, it's so important, it's foundational. It's going to be, number one, We, one of my main things when I first came to Christ um, was getting that straight and understanding what real love looks like. Because otherwise, if we don't have a handle of what real love looks like, we can't find the counterfeit. We won't know the fake. So um, we have to make sure we have that down. So that's 1 Corinthians 13. Um, so the other types of love that we have is filio, which is brotherly love, eros, romantic love, storgy, which is family love. That's, you know, mother and child, father and child, you know, child and father, you know, this, this, this family love. Um, you can have in a relationship more than one of these loves occurring right? So in a marriage, you would have agape love, filio, and you could have eros, which is romantic love. It's possible to have a different, but we have to understand that they're different. Okay, this is important, because we can't make them all the same. And and it's crucial, because sometimes this is why we get our expectation, we have unmet expectation and we have disappointment in life because we're mixing things up, okay? Okay, so I'm gonna, can, you, do you guys wanna share anything at this point? Cause we're gonna go into our second half in a few minutes. Do you guys have any questions on what I've said so far or wanna share something? We're quiet. or are quiet this evening. I hope it's because we're thinking. No questions. Okay, you guys are good. Okay. Okay, good. Um, so let's go into the second half. Okay, since you guys are doing good, then that's good. So our second half, now we're going to go into now there's there's more reasons. And like I said, because of time constraint, I picked the top four. Okay. These are just top four. Um, and it was really hard to just narrow it down the four, but we're going to look at four top reasons that lead us into searching for love in the wrong places. What makes us go in that direction? So for this, we're actually gonna go look at uh, a Bible story in the Old Testament. And we're gonna look at Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. And we're looking at Samson and Delilah. Um, I wish, like I said, I could read the whole, we could read the whole story together. And I'm gonna sum it up for, for us this evening. So um, Samson... So let's start with the character of Samson, or not the character, the person of Samson, my bad. Let's start with the person of Samson. So Samson was a man uh, that was born during this time period, and he actually was a judge of Israel. Back in that time, Israel was ruled by judges, and Samson was one of them. He ruled for about 20 years uh, for the Israelites. And this man, his parents had told them that uh, they shouldn't cut his hair. They shouldn't cut his hair. And he had unusual strength, like supernatural strength. And he had this supernatural strength because Israel at the time had enemies. And he wanted, God wanted to show that he's God, right? So he gave this man supernatural strength so long as his hair was not cut, which is what they call a Nazarite vow nowadays, right? i sure you guys have heard of that. And so now Samson is up, is growing, and it's time for him to find a wife. And he finds a wife, actually. So he married a Philistine woman, and it actually doesn't work out. That's chapter 14. His marriage doesn't work out. He feels betrayed and cheated, and uh, his wife was actually given to his best man. When I read that story, I said, "Wow, this sounds like this rom coms that we see all the time, like you know, or these stories that we hear of where the best man steals uh, his best friend's wife, you know, and it happened." in, in, in this to to Samson. This truly, truly happened to Samson. And you actually don't hear too much about Samson after that, I think for a while until chapter 16. I'm sure some time had passed because after that, then it says that he, in verse 20 of chapter 15, it says, and he judged Israel 20 years and the days of Philistine. So that means He went without a wife for a long, long time. And then verse 16 opens up this way. And I find it interesting. And this is where we're going to go here. Verse 1 says, Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. When the Gezites were told Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were all quiet all night, saying in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. So he hasn't had a wife. And all of a sudden, the next thing we know, he's now with a prostitute. And then, and, you know, the Philistines were always trying to people, his Israel enemies are always trying to find an opportunity to kill him. They, they just, and they, the enemies were just waiting for him to just screw up. And I see that in this piece of scripture. They thought that because he was with the, with the, with the prostitute by himself, that they could catch him. And then as we continue in this story, he meets Delilah, the famous Delilah, who was uh, deceptive and manipulative but before we get into that i wanted to address those first few verses there and one thing that we don't want to do and i'm not i'm not i'm not here to say that this is what exactly samson's problem was but it's the word that came to my mind when i read this was desperation now we cannot really say that samson was desperate per se. But the man was definitely looking for someone to love him. Right? Can we agree with that? Because he decided that he wanted to buy himself some somebody for the evening. Basically, isn't it? He wanted to buy himself someone for the evening. And so um, he stayed with the prostitute. If we really look at Samson as a man for who he is, he's a good catch. This man, nobody could defeat him. He was a judge over Israel. He had everything a man of nowadays would want which means that he was he was a catch. I'm sure he could find himself another wife. But the fact that he chose that prostitute tells me that there is something wrong. I'm not really sure exactly what was wrong, but something was obviously wrong. And so the number one reason, I think that we can lead ourselves in the wrong direction is when we're desperate. So that's gonna be point number one, okay? And what can make us desperate is disappointment in our lives. When we're disappointed, when things don't work out and we see things not working out over and over again, it can cause us to make us desperate. So one of the things that we have to be careful for is guarding our heart. We must guard our hearts. When we're disappointed, do we address the issue? Are we allowing God's love to heal us in those moments? Are we trusting God's plan for hope in those moments? You see, this is why I opened up with the way that I did, because those things are important. We have to make sure that we're addressing the disappointment and not just putting it aside, because otherwise that disappointment is going to lead us into desperation and leads to, leads us into lonely places. I've I've heard men and women alike, it's, it's, it's like a similar story, and, the, and they start going down a bad path. The way we need to see, sometimes I think the next question is going to be, so then how do I see my disappointment? Well, you see that God's God has a plan. That's number one. We have to see that God has a plan. God's plan is perfect. And sometimes our disappointment is actually God's appointment for us. it's leading us in the right direction. It's steering us from the wrong thing. And if if we can open our eyes and see it, we can see God leading us through our disappointments. And that's something that is gonna be crucial. When, When a door closes, another one opens. There's always hope because why? Because God's plan is always perfect. It's not full of evil, but it's full of hope. Okay? Um, Isaiah prophesied to the Israelites, Isaiah 61:3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. God will always see us through because we are his children and he aims to glorify himself. And when he glorifies himself, we are also successful. Amen. So when it comes to um, the desperation, like I said, it leads us down the wrong path into the wrong kinds of people. So that's one. Second one, the second one is going to be that love and sex are not the same thing. Absolutely not the same thing. There is a lot of misrepresentation of it. And sometimes... We search for love in the wrong places because we think that it's the same thing and it's going to bring us that satisfaction that we need. And in the end, it doesn't do that. It leads us down more wrong paths. It leaves us emptier. It leaves us wanting to fill it up again with something, with the same thing or something else. Sex was meant to be a bond in marriage, period. That's what it was meant for. It wasn't meant for more than that. Uh, Our media commercials, this world has turned it into something that makes money, that uh, seduction, it has misused it and abused it into something that it was never meant to be. And I believe Samson at this point was looking for someone or something to satisfy him. And that's why he was there. And it con- the path continued down the road. And we're going to see as we continue this next thing. Uh, it says afterward, verse four, it happened that he loved a woman in the Valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. And as you if, if you have time to go ahead and read this story, because I I go wow, Samson. You know, I, I sometimes if you were if you were his friend, you would have been like, dude, she's not good for you. Why are you still with her? Get away from her. Because even after the first, you know, Delilah comes. What's you know trying to get? She was trying to get to find out how to make him weak. Number that's already wrong. But number two, the next problem is after he tells her like it was a, it was a false one, but he tells her he wakes up in the morning, you know, bound up exactly the way that he told her was going to make him weak. So you would think that he would be like, oh, maybe this woman is not right for me, because every time I tell her something, that's exactly the same thing she does like you know you know what i'm saying like something has to be off with that but and he continues this several nights in a row please tell me what your great strength lies and with that you may be bound that you what well, you may be bound to afflict you and samson says if you buy me with seven fresh bowstrings not yet dry, then I shall be weak. And what does he wake up with? Seven fresh bowstrings tied. I mean, even the fact that he's tied, this bondage, right? It becomes a story of bondage. This is not a love story. This is a story of bondage. And when we begin to see that it's a story of bondage and we see that he's not, he's just stuck in this way of thinking you begin to say to yourself, oh, uh, maybe he was just so in love with her. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that 50, 50 shades of gray. Yep. We we end up in this bondage of thinking that that's what love is. And, and, and love is not like that. Love is not, uh, let me see what you could tie me up with. So, I could see what makes me weak. Like, so we could see that the wrong types of love actually make you have warped thinking or uh, wrong thinking. Okay. So that's number two. any, Any questions or comments up until this point? Okay. Number three. Number three is lack of knowledge or information. We have to be informed. We have to read, okay? Reading, you know, that saying, you know, but when I was growing up, there was a commercial that came out because it was a proponent of reading for children and the commercial was always reading is fundamental. It is still so fundamental and crucial as, as we grow older, as, as we are adults. It, we have to be informed. How do we be informed? Well, besides the scriptures and reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures and asking God to help you understand what the word says is a big thing. But the other thing that we could have to tap into is other people's experiences other Christian authors that are out there that talk about this topic as well. You know, uh, do, you, do like Love Languages, like the book of Love Languages. How many of you have read the book of Love Languages? I found that book so, like so helpful to my life. I didn't know that people receive love differently. I didn't know I received love differently. You know, um, books like this, about relationship, about people, about the opposite sex. You know, know uh, if if you're a man, ch- you know, trying to get a, a good woman or stay in a relationship with the girl. Read books. It's it's important that we stay informed. Lack of knowledge is a big deal. We should not be ignorant. We shouldn't be ignorant. We should always be learning. Learn our about our spouses. We should always learn if we're single and we're looking for a relationship, we need to keep reading books about that. Okay. Um, I like this phrase a lot. Dating is for data. Dating is for data. We, you know, our young people nowadays, I think on this platform, I think majority of people I think are married. But for, for those that are single, dating is not meant to hook up with somebody. Dating is meant to find out who the person is. Find out who people are. Ask questions. You know, uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, what, what hobbies, you know, the questions like what hobbies can, do you like? Um, how do they look like when they're angry? What makes them angry? You know, all, all these there's, there's so much information that we need to glean from a person before we decide that we want to commit to somebody. Love is commitment. Okay. Love is a commitment. It's not, uh, it's not arrows. That's why I divided the, uh, the different types of love because there's, you can't mix them. Just because you feel a romantic love towards somebody doesn't mean that you should fall in love with that person, okay? And that might sound contradictory. If, if you feel like that's contradictory, I can explain it if we have time later. If you have questions about that, we could talk about that, but um, it, it's, it's a different thing. Okay, I have now, I'm up to what, 15 minutes here, right? Okay, so our last one, number four. This is number four. The fourth one is a big one. The fourth one is wait on God, wait on God. If Samson had just paused a little bit and asked God and waited, I'm sure his hair would not have gotten cut off. He probably would have left the relationship or at least, or not even gotten involved to begin with. Wait on God. Um, some successful love stories. Like I said, the Bible's full of love stories. Successful love stories in the Bible are Ruth. The book of Ruth. That woman, I, I, I love that story. And that story shows what a godly woman looks like in waiting. She was widowed, left with childless, but she still hoped, she still had God, she still waited on God, and she ended up fulfilled, successful. Ruth is part of Jesus' genealogy. That's how successful she was in her love story. Esther, Another successful love story. Another w- waiting. She waited on God. She, she was somebody who said, I'm not going to compromise my beliefs, my God, for, for, for anybody. She waited on God. She stood with God. And she had, she had success in her life. She reigned as queen. Beside a king you see what happens, that's the picture God has for each and every single one of us. When we wait on him, when we choose him first, when we decide to go, do it his way and not our way. And there's other, other, um, a lot of, there's actually a lot of love stories in the Bible um, that are there that we can glean from, from example. Um, I'm just going to throw one out there. The best love redemption story. Okay. Love redemption story is Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. But she believed in the God of the Israelites. And she hid soldiers. Because she believed in God. And God brought her through. And she ended up getting married and having children. Um, th- there's a lot of, there's an importance simply on waiting on God and waiting on his timing. Now, what happens when we don't wait on God's timing and we don't wait on God? Uh, here's, an, here's another story from scripture I'm going to throw out to us. King David, when he la- lusted for Bathsheba. I find uh, this story, I'm going to read 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. God is not somebody who will not give you the desires of your heart. This scripture is very powerful. And I, if I put myself in King David's shoes, I think that would have hit me so, so hard. Because I was being lustful and greedy. Because all I had to do was wait on God and ask him and he would have given it to me. Right? I think that that was extremely sobering. So it's important that we wait on God. Um, What I tell single people all the time, I'm throwing this one in here because we have some, some few more minutes is make a list. Make a list. This is for single people. Single people make a list of what you want in your partner. How do you want your partner to be? Um, And then pray about it. Give it to the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord and pray about it. For those of us that are married, we should just continue to work with our spouse, amen? Married people, we continue to find love with our spouse, amen? And we continue to wait on God. We still have to wait on God. That's why it's so important to wait on God before you're single. Because even in marriage, sometimes we have to wait. Things happen. You know, uh, babies are born, life happens, and we still have to wait on God and always remember that God has our best at heart. Amen. Amen them okay so um what are some things that we can learn from this i'm opening it up to you guys we think that we do have a few more minutes here um i can take some questions if you guys have some questions Do you guys have any questions out there? So I have a question uh, for you guys then. Um, I don't don't know if I'll get an answer from you guys because I'm not hearing you, but um, how do we fulfill our need while we're waiting? You guys are quiet. Anybody I mean, have any ideas? What are your guys' you, thoughts?
1: Can
2: you repeat that again?
0: I said, uh, how do we fulfill our needs while we're waiting?
2: Um, I think uh, that wait there, I, I did a study on it. It doesn't mean that you sit on your butt. With your hands in the in between your legs, it means you serve that way they'd be like uh, you go to a restaurant and uh, somebody's waiting on you. So waiting on God is serving God. Mm-hmm. So if we explain that, it means that you'll be doing work, yeah. so yeah. you'll be serving God in the areas that you, God will ask you to serve and by doing so, whatever you desire will come, you you wouldn't even notice that they are happening. Yeah. So that, if that. we explain it that way, it 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 wouldn't make it look like okay, we are waiting on the Lord. It's we are sitting down, putting our hands between our legs and just tapping our feet and waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep.
2: So if by waiting on God, you'll be busy.
0: Yes, I think exactly. I think the energy that uh, anybody might have, I think that that is best spent that way. Yep, praying, fasting, serving the Lord in the house, um, yourself, and uh, uh, Felicia. I also want to. I also want to add what Felicia um, put in the chat by trusting God. Yeah. Exactly, and then you're when you're serving God and when you're doing those things, you are trusting Him. In fact, um, trust is 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 included in that mix. Amen. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else want to
1: share? Yes, I, I do.
2: Okay, go ahead.
1: Thank you. I would like to agree with um, what our brother said, Mister Cobbiner. Um, waiting doesn't necessarily mean that you're sitting down being idle. So serving is one of the ways. And I do agree with that. Now for the singles, um, since this is with uh, concerning Samson and Delilah, he was blinded by his feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And as she rightly said, if he had waited on God, maybe he wouldn't have even entered into that relationship in the first place. So Mm -hmm. I think that as single men and women, that list that you're talking about, it really, really works. So Mm -hmm. if we have a list of the things that we are praying for in our future husband or wife, we should also work on ourselves whilst we are waiting. Waiting, I think that um, that includes looking at myself in the mirror, Mm -hmm. because I, I am not perfect. What are the issues that I have within myself? Do I have anger? Um, You know, am I lazy? Because I am praying for, (laughs) you know, a a matchmaker or somebody that God is going to give to me. The other person, too, is praying for me. So Mm -hmm. in my waiting, I think I have to work on my imperfections. Am I somebody who um, has issues? Uh, 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 you know, being submissive. I think I, in, in waiting, just as she said, praying is is something that I can do for God to always, you know, help me in that. So I think that service is one and praying and being reflective and honest with ourselves, um, you know, to God. Now, I have a question, Pastor just you were talking about, um, you may mention that even if you, Got married. How do you wait? You know, if you can explain that, you know, for the married folks, how do we wait on God in, within, you know, the context of a marriage? Yeah. Um, the,
0: those those moments can be really really difficult, um, but I believe it's gonna we're gonna apply some of the same truths um, that we have already shared. You know, sometimes our spouses, we have to recognize they're independent, right? We have to recognize their individuality. And we have to also recognize what God is doing in their life as well and respect it. You know, illness happens sometimes. You know, financial problems happen sometimes. And that's why, you know, I I preface this with God's unconditional love. When we have that basis of having God's unconditional love, the more we grab that from God, the more we can give that out, especially to our spouse. And we continue to pray and wait in that context, you know, and, and like I said, it's, it's never, it's never an easy thing, but when we uh, continue to ask God to intervene, uh, if it's, if it's healing, that's required. If it's counseling, that's required. I think that those are the moments that it's okay to say that you're not okay. And that you need to talk to somebody, you need counseling. You need to reach out. Um, I think that, you know it, it's a good thing to do it and i you know that that question is so loaded um and i'm trying to give the best well-rounded answer for that you know, inject, like, sorry
2: can i inject something
0: go ahead i was about to finish with something
2: okay i mean the question she's asking if you're married and mm-hmm. are you going to wait when you're married and what I would say is that you're going to get married and you're going to realize that your spouse, I will use this term, they are inadequate. They are not enough.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: So you still have to wait mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they will be complete.
0: Right. Right. Which is why I said that you need God's unconditional love working. Yes. Yeah. And then, the, so thank you. Thank you, um, Mr. Hayford. The other thing that the, what I was going to finish off was always remember that love is a commitment and it's not a feeling. This is something I bring into my, I brought into my marriage when, um, I, I said, I do. I said, I do, because that's a man that I could say that I could commit myself to. And I said that, you know, this is somebody that I think would be, we would be able to do life together. And, you know, sometimes we get so involved in our feelings and our emotions that we forget the commitment that we made. So it's, we have to see that constantly in front of us is that this is a commitment I made and I wanna see it through. And I, I believe that when you do that, you see God's hand get involved. Why? Because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, he has a perfect plan, not of evil, but of good and one to give you hope. God will never leave us hopeless. God will never leave us hopeless. So um, we're not at eight o'clock. There's some more comments here that popped up. Uh, Thanks for the explanation. God bless you, um, Miss Fran, for that question. I believe that was an excellent question. I love that question. Um, And I think it's important. Um, if Felicio, in marriage, is a little more so, waiting on God, trusting, and praying your partner through. Yes, whatever the situation is, if it's pain, difficult, or character. Yep, exactly. Because you made that commitment. Exactly. Um, it's not always easy, yeah, and it's not always black and white either. Mm-hmm. Amen. God bless you guys. I really enjoyed the contributions. Um, if you guys still have questions about this, uh, you could message us or you could text us. I believe you know how to reach out to us. But let's pray in closing. God bless you, too. Let's pray in closing. And like I said, this topic was so deep. I, you know, I try to do the best that I can in an hour. Uh, I think this really only scratched the surface of it. But um, let's just pray this evening. Lord, I just thank you and I give you praise, Lord God, for for everything. I thank you for your word, Lord God. May we continue to remember your word. May it resonate with us, Lord God. Uh, For married couples that may be going through some trouble, Um, Lord, may you be with them, Lord God, may you bring healing, may you bring peace, may you come in the middle, may there be divine intervention, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. May you bring healing, Lord God, where there is hurt, where there is resentment. Uh, in between partners, Lord God. Bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. For those that are single, Lord God, may you comfort them and let them know that you are there, that you are working, even though they cannot see, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And anybody who is disappointed, may you be uplifted this evening as I lift you up to the hands of the Lord, that he touch you with his love, in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you, Pastor Steve.